Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Trojan Talk, Episode 8. I am Jeff Christenberry alongside Cole Purvis and Zach Taranko. How are you doing this morning, guys? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Excellent, excellent. Let's jump right into it. A lot of TA Sports to talk about this week. Let's start off with the football team. So they go off to Marshwood, who historically has been a tough opponent, even though they are in Class B, um, on the road. I would say TA is probably highly favored, uh, and Marshwood gave gave the boys a game. Uh, that game at halftime was ten to six. Marshwood, lots of mental mistakes by the Trojans, physical and mental mistakes. Uh, there was a situation at one point where you know Marshwood does a lot of trick plays, uh, especially things like uh, onside kicks and, and the like. And um, Thornton coaching staff was like, "Hey, watch for the onside kick." They even put the hands team in. Marshwood still does an onside kick, still recovers the fumble, yeah, uh, and, and goes in and, and gets a score. So, gut check time for the Trojans, but they come back at halftime after some spirited speeches uh, and and play the way they should. And special teams was kind of the difference there. Um, and they come out, big victors, 33-17 was the final. Uh, Marsh was scoring a kind of a late touchdown in garbage time. But uh, what do you think that says, Zach, about this team? You know, it, they have a couple easy games coming up, which we'll mention, uh, before they hit Bonnie Eagle. Um, but in the, in the long run, maybe this was a good good thing that they had a challenge. Yeah, definitely. I think it is a good thing that uh, it's not just all easy teams going into playoffs because then if they find someone that they can't beat or they're struggling with, they may not play well. But it's with a new quarterback and a lot of new young players, and I know they have some injuries right now, it's, it's stuff like this is going to happen. And I think, like, as you said, Marchwood is one of the better teams uh, that they've played and that they probably will continue to play. But, um, you know, Jack Emerson, he, he played well. He had some mistakes, but he, he figured it out. And I think that you're right. They have some easy games. So what they really need to work on is fixing those mental mistakes early on because late in the playoffs or against like Bonnie Eagle, that's not going to happen. Yeah. A couple of fumbles by, by each running or a fumble by each of the running backs, the yep. uh, primary runners and Cole talking about uh, you. Obviously you're at the, the first game and they have so many weapons on the outside, but how, how difficult do you think sometimes it may be that they have to spread it out because they don't want to focus on one guy. Um, but especially in a game where, you know, it gets tight. You got to figure what, figure out which guy to go to. What do you think they're going to do to try to figure out which weapons they're going to go to in, in what situations? Yeah, it was tough because Bryant got hurt in that first half. And the first half might have seemed like a disaster with the fourth down shovel pass for a touchdown and the onside kick and the fumbles. But we were only down four, which shows you how good of a team we are. And uh, the second half, they really showed their explosiveness on offense. They had a lot of good kick returns by Anthony Jones. They gave him good field position. And uh, the second half was just a completely different story. Yeah, I agree. That that was very frustrating. So it gets to yeah. be third and goal or something from the eight, and Oscari Topola has a crazy sack for a loss of, like, 15. So it's fourth and 22, fourth and goal from the 22, and they do a little shovel pass and go all the way in for a score. Yeah. And then they had the onside kick after that. Um, so, yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, down 10-6, it feels like the end of the world, yeah. but they're only down one score. T.A. got the ball and went down scored. Yeah, I think it just it looks bad, and people might go, why did we lose to Marshall? Because they're a Class B team. And sometimes people forget how good Marshall is, being like the state champ, the reigning champions of last year for Class B, or the year before, I should say. But it, it, I think that people just look at that and go, why were we down in the first half? But they were able to come back and, and win the game. Marshall's just one of those teams. Like, they... They're definitely not as talented this year as they have been in the past. And everybody remembers, I think, 2019. We had that crazy game here. Marsh was scored at the end of the game. They went for two. It was a, kind of one of those mm-hmm. win-or-lose scenarios. And Thorne Academy stopped them on the goal line. And no matter what happens, they seem to play T.A. tough. And they played that first half about as well as they could, even with some trick plays. Uh, but in general, Cole, what do you think about you know how that challenge will help them for the rest of the season? And let's assume that Bryant's out for however many weeks. We don't obviously know any of that information, but uh, how do you think they can respond, especially as they, they come up with Lewiston and then Bangor back-to-back, which 
honestly should be you know uh, pretty easy games on paper yeah it was great to have this game Marshwood was a very good team they had a lot of speed and obviously a lot of trick plays they were a very smart team uh, great situationally and I think this was a great test for them and Zach wrapping up this topic here talking about this Saturday they're playing Lewiston um, just Lewiston struggled I mean they, they struggled for the last few years a big school but just haven't got the football mm-hmm. uh, numbers are down I know I've heard the JV game is gonna is already yep. canceled because they don't have enough numbers so what do you think is a what do you think is a positive result for the Trojans I mean obviously they want to win but what what should they try to get out of this game here on Saturday which honestly could be running time very very quickly I think they should work on things that didn't go well for them against Marshwood because, as you said, Lewiston, I think even before the season, was known to not be a very tough opponent, and they're going to have a lot of time to practice and maybe put in some younger guys and, and figure out the new the new wide receiver kind of situation with no Bryant. Um, but I think that using the Lewiston and Bangor games to practice and get ready for like the Bonnie Eagle or Scarborough or even the playoffs is exactly what they should do. All right, moving on now to field hockey. We're going to focus a little bit on field hockey today. Let's talk about last night's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Monday, Thorn Academy leads, play, play Falmouth, the Falmouth Navigators, a yep. uh, new name, um, and go up one nothing, and then then lost the lead and then lost in near the end of double overtime. Zach, you called that game. Just give us a quick overview of, of how that game went. Um, you know, Falmouth put up a, a, a tough test, and it looks like TA was going to sneak out with a victory, but it just didn't work out. Yeah, Thornton played really well, and I think that uh, going into the game, I, I wasn't expecting much. I knew Falmouth was really good, and I knew that uh, they, they had more wins. They're a better team. They're a lot more experienced, and from last year, the scores that the Trojans were losing to or winning to were really high-scoring games, and so for it to be 0-0, uh, or 1-0, Thornton at halftime, but really the low-scoring game most of the game was pretty crazy, but yeah, the corner hit late in the game, Falmouth ties it, and then the, uh, the uh, double overtime score, which, I mean... I think it was a little iffy, you know, if you can't you can't hit it with your foot into the goal, and I, it didn't seem like it went off someone's stick, so I'm not sure what happened there. But I think the Trojans played up until the end. I think that even though they are, I was at one and three now, they're, they've played some spectacular teams, so they just need to keep pushing through. There's still a lot of games left. Yeah, and if you look back at the live stream on, on Facebook, uh, the TA Facebook page, it's, it's tough to tell. Yeah. It definitely looks like it goes off the Falmouth girl's foot mm-hmm. or shin. Their stick is kind of in the general area. The referees, I mean, there's only two refs and not in a great position all, all the time. So mm-hmm. tough loss there for the Trojans. But we're going to talk now to Mary Lemoyne, who's a player on the on the field hockey team. Uh, this was recorded before that, that Falmouth game, so we don't really talk about that. But we'll learn a little bit more about field hockey from her. So here is the interview we had with Mary Lemoyne. All right. Well, this is our first uh, guest of the new school year, Zach. We are going to be featuring the field hockey team. So we have Mary Lemoyne here with us, who plays defense for the Golden Trojans. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Excellent. So let's just get right into it. So first, let's just talk about what the preseason was like. So last year, obviously, every sport had a little bit of different experience. Uh, field hockey got to play a little bit more than some others, but still, it was not a normal season by any stretch of the imagination. What was it like coming back this year, starting from scratch, with players, a lot of them who haven't played really much in, in two years? What was that like? It was kind of a lot. It was a little stressful at first. You know, a lot of people, I think, were really worried about coming onto a team without much experience. And for a lot of us, it's the first time that we've really played together. But I think, I mean, after preseason, after all that, I think we've gotten pretty close to the team, both varsity and JV, all together. I think it's a pretty good community. All right, so let's talk about team chemistry. Now, how do you build team chemistry, not only because you guys had basically a year almost totally off, but also in COVID, and you want to be safe and respect everybody's boundaries what have you guys done to try to build the team chemistry? I think it's really helpful with the weather and everything. We can do everything outdoors pretty safely. So 
within the season, I mean, all the teams, uh, not all, both, really practice together. So we all know each other pretty well. We try to do a lot off the field too, like spags and stuff like that. Most of the time, that's a great place for people to really talk and connect without the pressure of like having to be actually playing and there's not really any stakes. So I think that's been really great for us as a team. And, and by spags you mean spaghetti dinners, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Now you're good. I just I, I thought I thought that's what it was, but then I think I was just trying to think about it because my sister used to play soccer and I think she used to go to those. Um, but yeah, he was talking about team chemistry and one of the obviously one of the things you see is that both of the goalkeepers are relatively young. One's a freshman, one's a sophomore. Uh, is there any inexperience uh, in any positions really on the team that? is where it's something that where other parts of the team are having to kind of pick up for that or does it seem to be very well chemistry wise uh i think people are doing really well i mean there's a few people who haven't played in a year two years i mean there's some people it's their first time ever playing field hockey but everyone is doing like a really great job of just making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and not really having anyone pick up their slack just really trying to you know bring the team together and work individually for towards a goal let's talk about coach smith for a little bit you know very well known on campus has been here i actually had her as a teacher let's just say that so we're, we're not going to reveal her age on that one but he just i had her as for sales and marketing way back in the day as a coach though i mean she's obviously very animated on the sideline but definitely preaches to team chemistry part because that's what she was all about when she was a player as well so what is it like to play under her on a day-to-day -day basis whether maybe on a day that you guys just aren't practicing well or aren't playing well how does she push you guys to, to succeed I mean, it's definitely always a little scary. You don't want to disappoint her, anything like that. But I think she does a really great job of trying to make sure that we know we're not bad. We're just maybe having like an off day and we're trying to adjust and fix things. And it's not like, oh, like we were just an awful team. We've just, you know, we've got to shift. We have to make sure that we're doing something. And she's really constructive on those days. Excellent. Yeah, so... Uh, obviously, you guys uh, didn't have, I mean, at least a, a normal season last year and, and finally being able to have one this year. Being one of the few seniors on the team, is this, is it, you know, when you learned that you were going to have a full season and, and it wasn't going to be, or hopefully at least right now, isn't going to be uh, change at all, were you, was there any like special feelings knowing that you're going to have a full senior season? Uh, almost a little bit of disbelief. I didn't want to get my hopes up too high and then like have it pulled out from underneath, but um, it's, a weird feeling because last year I mean kind of last year and the year before kind of blend together so it's weird because I don't really remember a lot of what happened last year during field hockey even because it's such a short period of time so to come back I was also like a little like oh like am I gonna remember how to hold a stick <laughs> it, it, it's interesting you mentioned that because in trying to prepare for some of these interviews with the players I'm trying to think like what happened last year because we we live streamed every home game or match or whatever but it just didn't seem real, you know, because mm -hmm. there's no fans mm -hmm. in the stands, obviously. Um, just going off field hockey for one question here, just being back as a student, seeing seeing this, the halls full of life again, seeing the calf full of life again, yes, wearing masks, obviously, during school day. What, it was, what has that been like coming back and, and having a fairly normal couple of first weeks? It's been hard a little bit. It's weird to be back in the classroom and kind of still feel like not everyone is really there. With the masks and everything, I feel like last year a lot, of, a lot of people aren't maybe participating as much as they would have, and the lunch line is way longer now. Yeah, but um, <laughs> it's good just to like see people and to interact with people face to face mostly, 
and feel like I'm actually part of a school and not just like a class. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, with the the new season, parents are allowed and then family members are allowed to come to the games. Is are you? Is there anybody special that wasn't able to come that's going to be able to come for your games, the home games this year? Uh, I have two older brothers, and you know they both live different states and everything. So I'm hopeful that they'll be able to come to at least one or two of them. So that's nice, just because you know they can travel between states safely mm -hmm. again, and you just to come to my game is such like a little thing that feels a lot bigger now. So to start the season, you guys have you have a couple couple of losses, but also one big win as well. What mm -hmm. do you think is the biggest biggest factor going forward? Looking at the rest of the schedule, and it's basically a full schedule. Like, what do you guys need to do to take the next step up and make a deep run in the playoffs? I think we really need to get better at um, just being comfortable with each other, just communicating on and off the field. It's hard, you know. It's the beginning of the season. We're still getting to know each other all and our positions and how we play. And I think once that kind of clicks, it works really well. I think it's just a matter of you know, practicing and, you know, spending time together to really figure each other out. Pre-game, uh, I want to talk quickly about pre-game music, because we hear, you know, doing a lot of live streams, we hear a lot of pre-game music. Uh, different sports have different strat different kind of themes. What is your go-to song? Like, is there a song that's in your current warm-up theme that you love when you get on, you get extra juiced, or is there anything, or is there one that you wish was on there that isn't? Uh, well, you know, it's a very limited selection when it comes to playing music at the stadium. And I think probably classic, like, Crazy Train. Mm -hmm. That okay. one always is, like, huge. Mm -hmm. Huge shout-out to Taylor Nelson. I mean, she put together the entire warm-up playlist in, like, one day. And she did a pretty good job. And a lot of them are, like, just, you know, get you pumped up. And sometimes you'll see us, like, kind of singing on the field when we're warming up. And it's great. And trying to burn a CD. I know that was part of the yeah. thing you asked. Because <laughs> you, you can only use a CD over there. You can't use, you know, AirPlay or anything like that. So, yeah, shout-out to Taylor Nelson on that one. Anything else, Zach? No, I mean, uh, it, it's been uh, it's been obviously exciting to be back in the stadium. And, yeah, I was just thinking about that. Like, I feel like every team has a different warm-up playlist. And so I'm always, like, looking to see who uh, – not who has the best one, but who has the most exciting one. Because I feel like sometimes there are more, like, I don't know, like family-friendly songs rather than mm -hmm. hype songs. Obviously, you have to be family-friendly at, at a, you know, like a football game or something like that. But It's yeah. interesting. Sometimes the coaches, you can tell, have a little – have to have a little to do with them because there will be some yeah. older songs in there. Uh -huh. um, that's really interesting, though. Yeah, we should do a whole, we could do a whole story on on warm up music on there. Last thing I want to talk about, just in general, field hockey. Okay, so it's 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 a sport, and, and in the dorm, dorm program, we talk to a lot of boys who play field hockey in Europe. That's a mm -hmm. huge sport over there. Um, for those who don't know, I again I tell the story a little bit. So I covered a field hockey team, Chevrolet, back in 2010. Did a documentary on them. They went to the state championship. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it was because of me, but you know, they were, they were an average team that just had a great run. Anyway, so I got to play field hockey in a couple practices, and it is way harder than the people who have never played it looks. You know, mm -hmm. it, you think like, oh, I'm just gonna hit the ball around. It's like like using a regular hockey stick. And I'm gonna, I played street hockey. No, yeah. no, no. It's a lot more to it. So why don't you tell us, as someone who's played it for a long time, what is the biggest misconception about field hockey for the person who has never played it before? Uh, I think when people watch field hockey, I think a thing that they notice a lot is oh my god, there's so many whistles, like how do you guys even know what's happening? And that is true, and most of the time I don't even know what happens, I just look to see like, okay, which way Where's am I going? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, But it's it's a lot more, um, it's a lot of rules, but they're pretty easy to keep track of. Like it's, you know, don't kick the ball, don't lift it up with your hand, don't hit someone in the face with the stick. Yeah. So it's a lot more simple than you'd think, but it just happens a lot. 
on the field. It is. And what is the difference? One, I actually forgot one thing about playing on grass. And guys had to play Gorham, I believe, on grass, mm-hmm. which is very difficult because you practice a little bit on grass here, but field hockey is a sport that's made to be played on turf. And, and AstroTurf yeah. is where it became popular. The flatter the turf, the better. So, and I know you have a few more grass games coming up. So, what is that challenge like trying to figure out how to play on a totally different surface? It's hard because the grass that we have, it's not meant necessarily to be played field hockey. It's, you know, the outfield of a baseball field. Mm-hmm. So, it's almost helpful because when we play on that, you know, it's so much harder than when you go to a field that, you know, they're, they're meant to be playing games. So just practicing on grass really makes you a better player overall. You get stronger, you can do more skills, and it, it's a different game. What would it mean to, last question here, what, what would it mean to, uh, for you guys to make a deep run of the playoffs and maybe make it to a state championship game? I mean, it'd be awesome for me just because I'd, I'd get to play more, and I would get to play the sport that I love. I mean, I'm not planning on playing in college. This is really it for me. And I think it'd be great for the team, especially coming back from COVID and everything. And mm-hmm. I think it'd just be awesome if we could do that and i think we have a shot yeah awesome you want to give any shout out to any of your friends on the team uh yeah shout out to lutzi she's from germany she's staying with us she uh this is her first time in the u.s and she's just killed it and awesome. yeah a couple other people like emma boyce it's her first year and she's starting it back and a great job everyone really is stepping up awesome and any, you want to give any shout outs to your uh, social media for anybody out there uh, I don't have much social media. Uh, Mary.Lemoyne on Instagram, and yeah. Perfect. Well, thanks very much for joining us. Good luck the rest of the season, and just want to give a shout-out. We, we will be live-streaming a couple of games um, for field hockey coming up as well, so just check out the TA Athletics Twitter, at TA Trojan Sports, uh, to check that out. But good luck tonight. Uh, good luck in your next game, I should say. And uh, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. All right, I want to thank Mary again for coming in and wish them the best of luck in the rest of the season. Just one last thing on field hockey. Um, you know, we saw overtime rules last night, seven on seven. Okay, mm-hmm. it opens up the field quite a yep. bit. So I want to ask uh, Zach, or uh, ask Cole, actually, is there any other sport that you think, you know, we've seen in hockey, obviously, that they, they go down in the NHL to, to, you know, four and four and then three on three sometimes. Um, do, is there any other sports overtimes you'd like to see changed maybe that, that could make it more interesting? I think the NFL, I don't like how the coin toss basically determines the game. If you have, say, the Kansas City Chiefs and they win the coin toss, it's pretty much over. Uh, you saw last night, actually, that overtime game was crazy. But if you have a good offense and they win the coin toss, the game is basically over. I think it would be extremely exciting for the NFL to switch to a college football-type overtime. I don't think they will do it, but it would be very cool to see them start in the red zone and just have a shootout for the win. Nice. All right. Now let's uh, move on now to volleyball. So uh, we haven't talked too much volleyball yet. We're going to be having some more information coming up. So, Cole, why don't you give us a little update on, on what the volleyball team is, is up to so far this year? The volleyball team is 1-0. They won against Deering in their first game. Um, but then they lost the other day against Gorham. It was 3 to nothing. You played a three sets in high school volleyball. But the last two sets were really close. The second set, they lost 25-23. to And the third set, they lost 25-21. to So... Uh, they'll look to get their group back against Gorham is their next game at home. So, yeah. So Gorham is a tough team. They, they, there's been some battles over the last couple of years. I think it was 2018 maybe that uh, there was a playoff game at Gorham, and the place is packed in the gym, and it was really cool. Gorham yeah. just kind of has a traditionally traditionally tough team. So um, we're, we might be focusing on them next week or the week after. So good luck to the volleyball team as they continue. I uh, just want to give a quick plug for uh, the streams coming up. We haven't talked too much girls or boys soccer, mm-hmm. but there are some live streams coming up here. Boys soccer um, tonight, which is Tuesday. 
at 4.30, or should say today, and then Thursday as well at 4.30. Um, Zach, you want to give a quick preview on today's game, their opponent, and uh, what, we're, what should, we, should we be seeing here from this team who's has some definitely some great players? Yeah, the boys' soccer team is pretty good. They're 1-1. One one. They uh, had the double, I think it was the first overtime game against uh, it was Bonnie, Bonnie Eagle, Eagle. Yep. and then they did lose to Scarborough, but Scarborough's a tough team. They played South Portland today. Should be a good matchup. Both teams haven't played too much, and it's really hard to tell her in the season who's at the top and who's at the bottom, but I think right now everyone's in kind of in the in the middle so i think it'll be a great game and it's not too late so it's going to be a, a fun one to to live stream and to watch all right yeah you can check that out on uh the face ta facebook page um so we have tuesday thursday boys soccer and then saturday 1 30 uh, against lewis and football yep. so check those out on the facebook page all right moving on to the nfl let's start talking patriots quickly you know mac jones makes his debut for all all reviews had a great game for especially for a rookie in his first game um, the running backs, not so much. Had a couple. Each running back fumbled, especially the one at the end of the game by Damian Harris, which basically the Patriots have the game won with three minutes to go down in the, within the 20-yard line, or at least they have the lead in hand. Fumbles, and they lose the game. But, Cole, what, what were your thoughts there? And, and were you encouraged? It's, it's tough because you want to be encouraged, but also it's like, hey, you lost to a team you should have beat. Uh, and if you want to make a playoff run, you're going to have to win some of those games. I think late in the season this game is going to come back to haunt us. We're going to be neck and neck with Miami. They have a great team. But I think we just need some more explosiveness to this offense. We try and uh, pound the ball through the ground with Damian Harris a lot, but I think we need to um, – I think Nelson Aguilar needs to step up. He's really our best deep threat, and I think that adding him as a deep element to this offense could be really helpful for Mac Jones because we need a little bit more explosiveness. I was disappointed in the defense. I mean, again, my thoughts going to the – the offense is going to have days like that. They're going to have some good moments and some not-so-great moments. They really don't have that many weapons. When someone asks me, like, mm-hmm. what's who's the best – player on the Patriots offense I'm like I don't even know like I mean guess maybe John Smith or Hunter Henry but I mean Mac Jones eventually will be but you know guys like you know Stevenson and 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 Damian Harris they're gonna make mistakes they're young guys um defensively though this team again everyone keeps saying they're top five defense they're top five defense well they they had a chance and they gave up two first downs with the game on the line didn't get didn't get their team the ball Mm -hmm. back so a little disappointed especially in the front seven didn't get much pressure so we'll give Bill I know Bill usually treats the first month as a preseason extended preseason so hopefully they'll (laughs) They move back. Uh, other NFL thoughts, Zach? Any any games that surprised you? I, again, I, I texted you over the weekend that I finally get to see Kyle Pitts in, yeah. in not in person, obviously on TV, and he looks like a massive wide receiver. He looks like Julio Jones to me. Yeah, but so he doesn't look like much like a tight end. So, but what, what were your thoughts on your Falcons and in, uh, in their first game? Uh, not surprised that they lost. Um, I'm more surprised that the Eagles played so well. I think that. It, like I think the people are like, oh, the Falcons are so bad, but and they are. Not like I'm not. I don't. Their defense is, is absolutely terrible. But I think that the Eagles played spectacularly both offensively and defensively, and I think that uh, the Falcons might get a couple wins just because of the division they're in with like the the Panthers and the Saints. But um, surprised that Green Bay played so bad and Aaron Rodgers didn't play as well as I thought he would. Uh, I think that it, times are changing in the NFC. It's now just Tampa, in my opinion. There's, I feel like back in like five years ago, it was all like the NFC was just stacked and the AFC wasn't as stacked, and now it's just totally changed. Um, but surprised by that, I'm uh, excited to see Matt Stafford finally with a good team and the Rams. I think those are going to be really the contenders against Tampa this year. But a bunch of good games. Monday night football was good. Sunday night football was good. Thursday night football was good. They had like the Kansas City Cleveland game was good. It was a lot of fun to, to watch the first season. I'm excited to see how Mac Jones does because I may not be a big, a big fan, but I uh, I think that as they have such a young team, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I, I woke up this morning. I didn't get to watch much of the game last night. I woke up two of my leagues. I lost by less than a point, oh, and geez. all because of the interception by the Ravens because they're playing their, against their defense in both, yep. both leagues. But um, Cole, what were your thought, other thoughts around the NFL? The Rams, I have them picked to come out of the NFC. Yeah, I remember I that. Think 
I think Stafford is for real. I think he's much better than people are giving him credit for because he was obviously in Detroit. And now he has weapons and one of the best coaches in the game. It's going to be scary. And then on top of that, they have the best defense in the NFL. I think they can finish with the best record in the NFC and come out of the NFC. That stadium is something else. Like when you yeah. finally see people in it, yeah. like, Super boy, cool. that's my, i got to visit that place. Um, last thing on the NFL, uh, we talked about this uh, before, numbers, the, the whole number situation, being able to go to single digits or whatever you want. Love it or hate it? I hate it. It's awful. It's so hard to – it's like not only is it confusing to try to figure out who your players are. Like last night I was watching uh, Hollywood Brown in the game, and I thought he was number 14. No, he's number five now. And it's just – it's so frustrating because, like, you forget who the players are. And I think that it's it messes everything up because sometimes you can, like, tell somebody's number by what position they're playing. And people are like, you know, on defense, defense – there's number one you know Emmanuel Sanders number one catching you know it's just crazy and I think that they should have kept it the way it was and changing it so many I think it's like they changed the rules and you can change if you want to and so many players wanted to right which is kind of the thing it's just like it's not like oh a couple people did it's like basically at least five people on every team yeah. so it's really odd and I don't like it but I'll get used to it at some point love it or hate it at first in the offseason I liked it I thought the NFL was kind of trying to be a little bit more fun but now I think it's horrible I really don't like it at all I mostly hate it as well I think yep. I agree it's like it, it, you know it's it's I mean eventually we'll, we'll understand like all right you know Matt Judon's number nine like we get that like we'll, the recognizing part will be easier uh-huh. but I don't know it just looks weird I mean that's a college thing like college you can be whatever number you want obviously yeah pretty much so don't love it uh at all uh, so hopefully they, maybe they go back to that. Probably not, though. I will say this. One thing about the Rams, uh, I watched maybe about a quarter of that game. Jalen Ramsey was all over the place because they got him playing, not cornerback. They're basically playing a, f- a free rover, and he made like yeah. five tackles in a row when I watched. That was crazy. All right, moving on to the Red Sox. Season's winding down, and boy, this Red Sox season is going to look back at as the most roller coaster season in history, basically. Uh-huh. Like, they're looking, all right, we won three out of five, or four out of five, and then they lose three out, four out of five. Mm-hmm. Right now, currently, they're tied with the Yankees in this for the second wild card. What, what are your thoughts, Cole? We'll start with you. Um, what, is it almost like you – I mean, obviously you want them to get there, but it's just, it's almost like rewarding them for being for doing nothing at the deadline if they do make this. Like, it's not going to teach them a lesson on what how they need to go forward. Yeah, I just think it depends on how we're playing the last stretch of the season, like the last 10 or so games. Um, I, I'm starting to get a little bit more skeptical as to whether or not they can keep that wild card spot. They just need a little bit of momentum, and they need to stay consistent. It's kind of crazy, Zach, too, just looking at how good the AL East is compared to every other division. So you got yep. four teams who basically could be in the playoffs or close to it. And then you look in the AL Central, and the, the second-place Indians are under under 512 games back. So what, what, it's kind of nuts. Like the, This AL East has just continually become better and better every year. And, and what do you think that is? Because it's not that they all spend the, the same amount of money because they, you know certainly it seems like the Blue Jays and, and Rays don't spend that much money. But what do you think it is? Well, I think sometimes people forget is like this team does not look like a playoff team. So if you're looking at the teams and the lineups before the season, you're saying, okay, maybe the Rays and the Yankees and maybe the Blue Jays, the Red Sox don't look like a team. So I think it was just pretty crazy that the Red Sox um, were able to, to play as well as they have. And right now it's going to be really difficult. As you said, they're tied with the Yankees and the Blue Jays are right behind them. So it's like it's like can they can they be consistent? Can they win multiple games in a row and then in a series and then go and win more games in the next series, which hasn't happened this year? Uh, but COVID has has hit them and that's been a, a struggle. But we'll see right at the end of the season. I think it'll be fun if they to watch them if they make the playoffs as like a like a miracle, miracle yeah team. yeah like a miracle team yeah. because they've like, had those before where the yeah. team was not great and just made a run in October. But yeah. I just don't see it on this team. Okay, so uh, kind of our last topic of the day. We're just going to go off the rails a little bit and talk about teachers here at TA. I want you to give a shout-out 
to your favorite teacher so far at Thornton Academy. Now you've only been, you guys have only been here for a couple of years, maybe a little more, and obviously 30. the teachers this yeah. year um, maybe don't know as well. But who's who's the teacher that sticks out for you, Zach? We'll start with you. I. Uh, if we're, t- I have to say, Mr. Preezy. I love Mr. Preezy. I I enjoy history, and I think it's really interesting. And I had him last year for constitutional studies, and then this year I have him for U.S. history, and um, it's really interesting. And he's really good at, you know, when everyone's being quiet, everyone's tired. He's getting the energy back in the room, and he's really nice and he's I, I really really enjoy his class I think he's, he's a fantastic teacher you know, the energy is a big thing and having taught for 10 years until this year it's it's, it's hard sometimes you come in yeah. and especially first block and last block because last block on Friday the last thing you want to do is like be all the energetic but uh-huh. that's if the kids are if, if you get it's reciprocal you give your energy and usually get energy from the kids back except for last year that was you know, yeah that was hard year. yeah Cole what about you I also like history. I would say Mr. Charland. I really liked him last year. He also has a lot of energy. He does, yes. It was interesting. When I, I walked around and took po- photos for the parent night uh, last week, uh, the welcome, you know, meet the faculty, and mm-hmm. I went into, I don't know, maybe 10 classrooms, and it was fascinating the differences that some teachers had. Some teachers were really just like informal, conversational. Mr. Charland was up there. He had like his PowerPoint going, <laughs> talking about the syllabus and everything, which is just, just, just really funny. I just want to give a quick shout out. Again, it's odd because I went to school here and now I work here and get to see some of the teachers and get to know them mm-hmm. on a personal level. Um, but uh, Senior Thompson, uh, yeah. I had him for two different years. I have him this year. Yeah, I have, he's, yeah. A, he's an amazing teacher. Uh, first of all, you know he's aged incredibly well. He looked exactly the same as when I had him 25 <laughs> years ago, probably. Um, but just really fascinating. It, it, you know, if you if you have him or you, you, he does tons of traveling. Him and his wife, who's mm-hmm. also a teacher here. They go to all different countries that speak Spanish all around the world. So if you're ever interested in learning about Machu Picchu or Mexico or Spain, they've probably gone there in the past. So, um, But for the first couple of years, I still had to call him Senor. I couldn't call him by his first name because it's just, you know, you get used to that. So, All right. Well, that's going to do it here for this episode of Trojan Talk. Thanks for joining us again. Our our socials are at THTrojanSports on, on um, Twitter, um, Thornton Academy Trojans on Instagram. We also have a TikTok, at Thornton Academy. The YouTube page, which we're posting a lot of new content on the YouTube page, that's youtube.com slash TATVSACO. And, of course, the TA Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Thornton Academy. Make sure you check out the voice soccer live streams today, Tuesday, and Thursday at 4.30, and the football game uh, on Saturday. And then next week we'll also have some more live streams for both soccer. All right, anything else, guys? Nope. All right, thanks very much, and uh, have a great day, everybody.